good to be in the Father's house tonight. Amen. You know, I always, uh, always like to say the Father's house is where we're fed. And, uh, you know, this morning, I don't know, man, I, I couldn't hardly sit in my seat. Uh, Pastor really preached the word this morning. How many of you enjoyed that word this morning? I think God set a fire under him this morning. It was really good. I'm honored to be uh, under these pastors and sit under these pastors and, and uh, work with this, uh, this church here. And, and uh, I've claimed you as uh, our church family, and we're excited to, to be a part of the Palace of Praise. We feel it's God's will for our life. But this is a, this is a filling station. I really um, believe that with all my heart. You know, you drive a car up to a gas station to fill it up, don't you? And you have to go back and forth to the gas station. We got we to gotta do that before we go home tonight. I want to tell a little, I'm going to throw my wife under the bus for just a minute, okay? Uh, I'm going to tell a little funny on, on my wife, and my daughter's here. She's liable to get me after church. But uh, when we moved out in the country... My wife was kind of notorious about coming home, and then she'd ask me, you got any gas around here? And uh, I, I always keep about five, ten gallons of gas around the house, you know, and I'd say, yeah. And, uh, my daughter, Tricia, and her family moved to uh, Sykeston years back, and uh, Janet and uh, Sherry, one of her uh, good friends, uh, she asked her, so let's go to Sykeston and uh, see their house. And so they took off to Sykeston. And uh, on the way back, they looked at their gas gauge. And it was on empty. And back then, they didn't have no plastic or anything like that, you know. Uh, didn't have a, a debit card. And, and uh, my wife had a quarter. Church, she had one quarter, and it was on empty. So they stopped at the nearest gas station. She looked at Sherry, and she said, would you take this quarter in? And Sherry said the same thing I would have said. I'm not taking that quarter in there. <laughs> I wish I could have been a fly on the wall to see my wife when she went in there and got a quarter's worth of gas. And then they prayed all the way to, to, to get home, praying to, to get home all the way. You know, church, we don't want to be half full praying to get home. How many of you can say amen? We, we've got heaven to make and we need to be full. And God is wanting us to be full in this hour. You know, I was, I was praying about, I was out in the backyard. I'm, I tell you, the last month, there's been just surges of God's presence. And I know what you talk, you know what I'm talking about, just surges. I'd be minding my own business and the presence of God, his, his manifest presence just come over me. And, and, and it's been happening just right and left for the last month and a half. I was in the backyard and I was praying about this assignment tonight because that's how I look at it, as an assignment. I want to, I want to make a deposit in your life tonight if I can do that. And with God's help, we can do that. But I was praying about, God, what would you, 
What would you have us to, to share tonight? And the Holy Spirit spoke. I've never heard an audible voice, but I hear God all the time. And I heard him, I heard him speak these, this word to my spirit, spiritual hunger. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And we're in, a, we're in a time and a season, church, where, you know, we need to be filled. We need to be full. Can you say amen? We, we need, how's your spiritual hunger? He that hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. You know, years ago, there was a, a, a gentleman that he would call me off and on. And uh, he, he attended another church, but he would call me and he'd say, he'd say, Pastor, you got a word for me. And I'd say, no, I ain't got, I ain't got a word for you. And then he called me back, you know, a week or so later, and he did this over and over. He said, you, you got a word for me. And finally, I, uh, something rose up with inside of me, and I said, brother, open up your Bible. I said, God's speaking. And, and, you know, we need to hear and, and we need to know what God is saying today. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. And, and we need to know uh, what God is saying. God is speaking today. One of the greatest threats against the church today is deception. There's so much lies out there. You know, one of our brothers preached the other night about many voices. And there's so many voices out there today. And uh, we need to know and hear from God. Hear the voice that really matters. We need to be in the Word today like never before because, you know, the Bible said don't be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There is transforming power in the Word of God. And we need to stay in the Word of God, be students of the Word of God and, and get the Word, you know, get into the Word to where the Word gets into you. Amen? David said, you know, I, I hid thy word in my heart that I would not sin against thee. But deception is a great uh, enemy against the church today. You know, Jesus was teaching in, in uh, Matthew 24, verse 4. And the very first thing that Jesus said, talking about end times, was let no man deceive you. Don't, don't be deceived. Don't let no man deceive you. Paul spoke in, in uh, 1 Timothy 4 and 1. He said, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Pastors talked about that this morning. Departing, think about this, departing from the faith. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Departing from the faith. That, that, that really disturbs me to think about, you know, the Bible is declaring that there's going to be those that depart from the faith because they're deceived. In uh, 
2 Timothy, I want, I, want to, I want to look at 2 Timothy, and uh, this was mentioned tonight, 2 Timothy 3 and 16 and 17. It said, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Let's go down to the fourth chapter, in verses one through four. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears, listen, from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. Turn from the truth and turned unto fables, man-made man teachings. Through the years, uh, God has just really laid it upon my heart, and I, I've been a voice, and sometimes a strong voice against uh, what I call extreme grace, and how that uh, there has been those that have, have literally uh, changed the the. Uh, intention of God's grace and made it to be something that it's really not. And Jude, Jude talked about that there were going to be those that uh, men that have, have crept in and changed the grace of God into lasciviousness or lawlessness. And we're living in a, in a day today. I remember eight years ago, the Lord enabled us to build our home. And uh, there was a, a crew that come out. I, I subcontracted everything. And there was a crew that come out. And, you know, they were getting us in the dry. And there was a, there was a gentleman in there that I really liked. He, was a, he had a charismatic uh, personality. He attended a church here in town. I don't want to talk about the church because uh, something he said just didn't really sit well with me. We got to talking. He got to talking about grace. And he said... You know, everybody's uh, going to end up making heaven their home. And of course, I'm, I'm not a, a person that likes to uh, get in confrontation with people. I, I just looked at him and I said, well, let, let's agree that we disagree. The next day, uh, I came in and he said, if you think that's something, he said, uh, and I, I knew what he was going to say before he ever said it. Did you ever have an uh, intuition like that? And I knew what he was. He said, even the devil's going to make heaven his home. I'm thinking, boy, that boy don't read the Bible very good. And, uh, you know, this is a, a, a time where, you know, we need to rightly understand the scripture and rightly divide it. I want to talk about grace for just a little bit. But in Romans chapter 6, and, and you know this is very familiar to us. Romans chapter 6, um, and 
verses 1 through 4, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are, are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized in Jesus Christ were baptized in, into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so, we also shall walk in newness of life. Now, church, the reality is that Jesus on the cross, he paid our sin debt. He totally, he totally paid our sin debt there on the cross. How many of you can say amen? You know, uh, the Bible doesn't teach sinless perfection. How many of you can say amen? It doesn't teach sinless perfection. But it does teach that sin should not have dominion over us. To where we yield our members unto unrighteousness. Sin should have, not have that, that control over us as believers. Hello? Here's a, you know, I was listening to Jensen Franklin. I love to listen to different ministers. And I was listening to, to Jensen Franklin and he, he ministered this. I had a, I called her a prophetess. A lady, she spoke one time, she said, you know, once you hear something and you get a revelation of it, it's yours. When it becomes alive inside of you. And I heard Jensen Franklin teaching on uh, uh, four week, uh, works of grace. I want to share them with you very quickly. Saving grace, justifying grace, teaching grace, enabling grace. Four works of, of, of grace. Saving grace. Ephesians 2 and 8, it says, For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourself, it is a gift of God. It's by grace, not by works. It's not by anything that we can do. It is the gift of God. By grace, you and I are saved, got our names written down in the Lamb's book of life by grace and through faith. Amen? Then there is justifying, justifying grace. In Romans 3, 24, it says, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, justifying grace. It was by the grace of God that all of our uh, past sins were put under the blood, just like brother was uh, ministering today. My sin is under the blood. Come on. And I thank God, and that's where I'm gonna keep it. Amen. And then there's the teaching grace, and this is, this is a, Really where, uh, you know, I think it's, it's pretty powerful, the teaching, teaching grace. And uh, this is in Titus. And I had never seen, I, you know, I've read this, but I, I, it really just didn't birth inside of me. In, in Titus chapter 2 and verses 11 uh, through 15, listen to this church says, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, 
we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for the blessed hope, hallelujah, and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. How many of you are looking for him? Hallelujah. Who give himself for us that, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort, rebuke, and with all, along, uh, with all authority let no man despise thee. Teaching grace, the teaching grace. You know, in, in, uh, in Galatians 6 and 1, and I, I, I think it's, it's so important that, that, you know, we realize that, you know, people are going to stumble at times. People are going to come short of what, what God is looking for them and you know, the Bible said, ye that are spiritual, you're to aim to, to restore them back into that place because, you know, we're all subject to, to sin. We're all subject to fail and miss what God wants. But the Bible literally says that we're to be our brother's keeper. You know, I, I call that a God assignment. To reach out. How many of you know people that have, have fallen, got tripped up by the devil, the adversary, and, and have fallen into whatever it might be? And, and you know, we, we need to be spiritual people to go and, and take on a God assignment and minister the love of Jesus. Not too long ago, I asked... Uh, Brother Brian to go with me, and we went to, uh, we went to Dexter, and there was a, a gentleman that used to attend our church. He was on fire for God, very talented. His whole family was gifted. And we went to visit him in the hospital, and, and you know, he got away from God. It cost him his marriage. It cost him his health. And, and I'm just telling you, church, we've got to be those that, that go out on God assignments. You know, I asked Brother Leroy Romine the other day, I said, Leroy, let's go, let's go see Brother Bobby. He's a gentleman that is, is in the wheelchair and uh, cannot walk anymore. And I said, let's go, let's go visit Bobby. And we went over there and and of course, they've, they've known one another for, you know, years and years and years. I'm just a, a little Todd compared to how old them guys are. And, and they're just, they're reminiscing and they're, they're fellowshipping and talking and all this. And, and do you know what that is? That's a God assignment. Somebody says, you know, uh, you know I, I told Pastor Randy, I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to a new level. And Randy said, I'm going too. I've, I've determined, you know, uh, when I resigned from the church, I stepped down. I'm, I'm just here to tell you, I'm stepping up. I'm stepping up, glory to God. 
I believe God's got some great things in store in these last days. I can't help but believe that we're going to see something powerful. I can't help to think that this church is going to be a part of that. Come on. I feel that deep down inside. God assignments. Enabling grace. Hebrews 4, 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Remember when Paul, he had, he had the thorn, thorn of the flesh and, and he sought God for uh, deliverance of that and, and, and the word of the Lord was, my grace is sufficient. There is an enabling grace that enables us, church, to listen in this time of, uh, of COVID-19. There's an enabling grace. Come on, church, that can, can take us right through. Years ago, I, and this has been a long time ago, I told my father in a, in a season of prayer, I, I told him, I said, Father, if I was in charge of choosing my own gift, I'd have never chose myself to be a minister. But the enabling grace of God, I am what I am. Come on. By the grace of God, we are who we are and, and this enabling grace can help us uh, church, uh, in this time and in this hour, there is an enabling grace. It's God with us, aiding and helping us, that present help of God in, in time of need. Second Peter, chapter one. Verses two and three. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now listen carefully. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that have called us to glory and virtue. He's given us, church, he's, he's given us through grace everything that we have need of for life. Not just life, but abundant life, good life. This is the great life, the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. It's a powerful thing. He's given us everything pertaining unto life, but not just life, godliness. Do you know grace is the means in which to lead us to godliness? You know, the enabling grace and the teaching grace, it's the grace that helps us to uh, work on the problems in our life. To, you know, there's grace. You got problems in your life. I love what Pastor Kent said today. You got situations in your life. Get it under the blood. I was listening to Joyce Meyer. She was talking about some of the, some of the minist, 
ministry in the Bible and how that they had problems and how that God was enabling to work on those situations. This is a growing process. And some people are, uh, you know, advanced more than other people in in the, the kingdom of God, but it's a growing process. And through grace, we can be what God wants us to be. Come on, church. Matter of fact, I believe with all my heart, there needs to be an elevation of spiritual hunger in the church. How's our hunger level, church? I believe we need to, uh, you know, I, I was listening to Pastor Kent this morning. I'm, I'm not just a hearer of the word, I'm a doer of the word. We're not called to just hear a sermon. We're called to hear it and then to respond to it and be a doer of the word. I believe we have the authority. I believe we have a voice. Come on, church, where, where we can change some things for the glory of God. I believe that with all my heart. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their way, then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. You know, humbling ourselves, what does that mean? It means we need God. It means we can't do it by ourselves. And, and I'm telling you, we, we need, in America, we need a sovereign move of the almighty God in America and touch this nation, touch this world. And, and people, people need to see the church alive. with victory, on your jobs, in your neighborhood. Do your neighbors know that you're a child of God? I have a neighbor to the left of me and I had a neighbor up on the hill, his name was David. And to the right of me I had two neighbors and and there was a father and a son and it was David, David. Three Davids. And my neighbor to the left, he said, well, David, uh, David on the, he called him David on the hilltop and he called David, David and then he called me Preacher David. We've got to let our lights shine, church. Come on. You know, Brother Kent was talking about we don't hide it under a bushel. We gotta let our light shine in a, in a dark, dark world. You know light expels darkness. Let our light so shine that they might see our good works and glorify the Father. He's given everything that we have need of. You know, I think about how God loved us so much uh, to care for us for this journey he give us the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teachers. I'm honored to sit under these men. And besides that, it's just kind of good to get fed instead of feeding all the time. It just, you know, I, I might get a little spoiled. It's good. I'm enjoying it. I love these laity coming up here on Wednesday night and sharing. Man, it's been good. How many of you say, that is good. I love that. I 
Everything that we have need of in this day and in this hour, God has provided for us. I believe the world needs to see the victorious, glorious church standing tall in these last days. One of my neighbors that was, lived to the left of me, he come over, he said, David, he said, I thought I was, was saved, but I, in church this morning, he goes to a kind of a family church, and he said there's somebody that tries to preach a little bit. and He said he told me that I had to have a... Uh, I had to have a witness to be saved. And I went in the house and got my Bible and I said, well, the Bible said if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that God raised Christ from the dead, thou shalt be saved. The Bible said it's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And I said, you know, you don't have to have a witness. You have to tell people you don't tell people you're born again. But you, you see, people need to, you know, they need to see the church standing tall. I want to stand tall, don't you? I want people to see Jesus in me. How many of you want people to see Jesus in you? I want to wrap this up tonight. And I want to ask uh, if, if the piano player would come tonight. Not going to hold you long. But in Philippians chapter 3, um, verses 12 through 14, says, Not as, as though I had already obtained, neither were already perfect, but I follow after that if I if I may apprehend that for which I am also apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. He said, I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know, I, I believe that you know, this is a time when, when we've got to be pressing. We're in, the, we're in the end times. We're living in the last days. These are perilous times. We, we need to, you know, I, I was telling, uh, pastor, I was telling, you know, we don't need less church. We need more church. Come on. And, and you know, we need to, to, to be praying And believing God for spiritual hunger to arise. How many of you are hungry for God? Would you stand with me? How many of you are really hungry for God? I was listening to our dear sister on a Wednesday night. And I don't know her name. She was talking about prayer and teaching about prayer. She's talking about praying in your homes. If there ever was a time that we need to, to pray, church, it's now. Pastor ministered to that so well this morning.
This house shall be called a house of prayer. Amen. And I believe through the power of prayer and pressing, we can see some things done for the glory of God in these last days. How many of you believe that? Do you believe that, church? If there ever was a day we need to be believing God for a move of God, it's today. My wife and I, we went to Brownsville. Brownsville Assembly, and we spent a week there. I've always been interested in revivals. And we've experienced revivals. I know this church has experienced revivals. But I'm not just looking for a revival. I'm I'm looking for, for carrying a revival church. Being a part of that. Come on, church. I said, God, show me something. I said, God, show me something. What's happening in Brownsville? He showed me. You know, the first day we were there, we stand, we stood eight hours in line to get in service. There wasn't no fussing. Just God's people getting together and hungry for God. I said, God, show me something. I got in there and God began to show me people that died unto self, come alive unto God. Come on. Night after night, year after year, faithful, faithful, There's some faithful people here. Night after night, Lyndall Cooley up there just ministering in song. Power of God falling. I'd never seen people run to the altar like that. The end of the service, 11, 12 o'clock, cigarettes all over the altars. They told me they'd bring their drugs in and flush them down the toilet. Hungry for God. You know, we need an awakening in America desperately. We need a sovereign move of God. You know, when Nineveh, God moved in Nineveh, there was a, only God can do what we need done. But I believe we have a part to play. Faithfulness. Hungry. How many of you are hungry for a move of God, church? I mean, how many of you are desperate for a move of God? I'm desperate. I'm hungry. There are lives that are in the balance. There are souls out there 
The devil's held them captive. And this sleeping giant needs to wake up. Come on. How many of you know it's a time to press? Paul said, I'm pressing. If you're hungry tonight, I mean really hungry. If you really want to go to a, a new level, you really want to start pressing even beyond where you're at, I want you to come. Come up around the front. And I'm going to ask Pastor Kent to speak a blessing over you. Because that's what I felt led to speak a blessing. How many of you are hungry, church? Come on. How many of you want a move of God? How many of you are believing you're going to activate your faith and believe God for a move of God? You know, I read the scripture where it said God had given every man a measure of faith. Then I read another scripture where it said not all men have faith. Sounds like it's contradicting, but it's not. You remember when Jesus said, let's go to the other side and disciples were in there and storm arose and said, Lord, you don't care that we perish? He was sleeping. Got to the other side and he said, how come you don't have any faith? Where's your faith? It wasn't that they didn't have faith. They weren't activating their faith. If there ever is a time that we need to activate our faith, church, it's today. It's this hour. We got loved ones in the balance. We got family members that desperately need God. Isn't there a cause? Come on, church. You know, I'm so thankful, Pastor, that these doors are open here. I told Pastor Kent one of the biggest mistakes I made was shutting down Sunday night service. There wasn't a whole lot of people coming. Thought it was hurting us instead of helping us. We need more church, not less church, according to the word of God. When you see that day approaching, we need it more. Can you say amen? Leaving Sunday school, week, week before last, lady come up to me, Brother Kent, and said, I'm here because of you, and I didn't know what she was talking about. She said, I heard your message. And I talked about faith. And I talked about fear. And she said, fear was all over me. And I heard your message. And I'm here because of you. Church, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. And we don't have to fear. We don't have to fear tomorrow. Listen, if the earth's moved, we don't have to be shaken. And if there ever is a day that we've got we've to really get in this thing, it's today. Because I don't believe there's too much time left. 
And I believe our redemption's drawing nigh, but I also believe that God is, our God is such a God of love that he wants the harvest to come. Someone says, what are you doing now that you're not preaching? I have assignments all the time. Come on, church. God will lead us and guide us. He'll speak to our hearts. and You know, the Bible said, do good to all men, but especially those of the household of faith. We need to be out there. That's where the great ministry... There's ministry in the church and thank God for it. But God is looking for ministry outside of the church. He's looking for the church to be the church. I want to hear him say, well done one day. Boy, I feel so full. Can you lift your hands? Give him praise, church. Can you draw nigh to God more than what you are? Can you seek him with all your heart because that's when you'll find him? How's your hunger level, church? We can all increase. Paul said, I hadn't obtained. I hadn't made it yet. Pastor Ken, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm just honored to be a part of this place. Absolutely honored. I thank you for your ministry, brother. And I felt led tonight for you to come and speak a blessing. Speak a blessing over this people gathered here tonight. How many of you believe in the power of the blessing? Come on. The pastor is going to speak a blessing over us tonight. Amen. Come on, brother. Father, right now in the mighty name of Jesus, I speak faith over this congregation. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Father, tonight I declare by faith that each individual here that their faith will begin to arise in their lives. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. I rebuke all condemnation, Lord, in their lives. I pray that each individual, Lord, and I speak freedom into every spirit here that's been born again. I speak peace in the light of fear that's gripping our nation. I speak prosperity. I pray that they would be in good health and prosper even as their souls prosper. I pray, God, for divine anointing, not just an anointing that, that just ministers to them, but anointing that flows through them to where to reach out beyond the four walls of the church and that the God that you would minister the power of the spirit upon each life to be the representative that you've called them to be. I pray tonight, God, that you would not only God protect, to keep, to shield, but also God, that you would take away all diseases from their bodies. Right now, I speak health over you in Jesus' name. Right now, diabetes, cancer, cataracts, arthritis, and any other disease has to go in the name of Jesus. I believe in the power of the Spirit that is speaking right now to say unto you, be healed, be whole, be delivered, and be free. Hallelujah. 
in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have nothing to fear. You have nothing to regret. Your greatest days are ahead of you and not behind you. You are not the tail, but you are the head. You are the one that's in charge and that you will perform and finish the good work God has placed in each and every one of you. And when the time comes to lay your head and rest, you'll say what the Apostle Paul said. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the course. I've run the race. I've kept the faith. Therefore, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give unto me, but not only me, but to all of them that love is appearing. If you believe that you're blessed and highly favored, lift your hands and give God praise. Give God praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Be highly favored. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen.